eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome in another episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff, Odyssey and 93.7 The Fans, Pittsburgh Hockey Podcast. I'm Chris Mack. We will talk to Kayla Canaram, uh, in arena host for the LA Kings a little bit later because there's a huge thing going on Saturday night in LA that if you're getting ready to sit down and watch the Pens game late on East Coast time, you're going to want to know about because who knows when this thing's going to get started. It sounds like it's going to be elaborate to say the least. Also, we'll talk to Matt Benzel of the Post-Gazette to give us a Penguins view of things. A couple people could be headed back into the lineup this weekend for them, but pleased to be joined by Scott Burnside, NHL insider. Scott, thanks so much for making the time today because with the trade deadline a couple weeks away, we're counting on your expertise to give us hope that Ron Hextall will not remain stuck on the back of that milk carton we just saw at the store. <laughs> well, you know, you can only do what you can do. And, uh, right. you know, the salary cap makes uh you know makes for a challenge for all 32 nhl teams there's no no question about that sometimes the salary cap issues are self-inflicted sometimes you've inherited them sometimes you know the issues uh, you know appear out of out of nowhere so it you know it, it it is a challenging time but it is you know for a team like the pittsburgh penguins that you know, with new ownership and making a decision in the offseason to return future Hall of Famer Evgeny Malkin and maybe future Hall of Famer Chris Letang, and you you know you chart a course that way. Um, you know, you you approach the March third trade deadline with certain limitations. You know, basically right. it's going to be dollar in dollar out if you're going to try and address issues. Um, uh, you know, on the lineup, unless you can bury some salary on LTIR or, you know, to me, it's, you know, the challenge for Ron Hextall and his staff is do you, you know, can you find someone, you know, you move one piece to, you know, create some space to add a different piece that maybe is more meaningful, you know, to you or for you. 
Um, but it's complicated. It, you know, the flat cap, you know, and the cap's going to stay the same roughly, you know, for the next year or so and then go up. I think the expectation, it goes up pretty quickly after next season. But in the here and now for teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's a real challenge come trade deadline. And, and we've seen some teams already who have some cap flexibility, you know, New York Rangers being one of them. Um, and the New York Islanders, you know, making a, a big ad with Bo Horvat. You know, the, the movement has already started to happen, and it's happened in the Metropolitan Division, which has to make mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Penguins fans nervous. Yeah, and I think, you know, you cite the Tarasenko deal. It's happened with some retained salary on the selling team's part in, in St. Louis's case. So I guess uh, this is a bit of a double-barreled question, but do we expect to see more sellers be willing to retain that salary as the Blues did with, I believe, half of Tarasenko's cap hit uh, in order to get a sweeter deal? Um, And should that, I guess, in effect, make the Tarasenko deal maybe the lighting of the wick for things to get moving, especially if guys like Ron Hextall are willing to give back draft pick compensation, which he's said he's not willing to, but we'll see if that's a bluff or not, in exchange for retained salary? Yeah, yeah, and I think we've, you know, this has been a trend, especially during the flat cap era, you know, during the whole COVID situation and where, you know, instead of, you know, following a natural arcing upwards of the salary cap, which, you know, um, you know, teams like Pittsburgh, which always spend to the cap, um, you know, could rightfully expect, well, that has changed how teams have had to approach things. And it certainly has created a situation where A, a selling team like the St. Louis Blues retaining salary on Vladimir Tarasenko um, and you know, have to are willing to and have to be willing to retain salary in order to get the best return. And for a lot of those teams, all it is is money for them. And mm-hmm. and that's that's okay. You're selling for a reason, right? You're selling because, you know, in Vancouver's case, they're you know, in trading Bull Horvat, you know, they're in a, a period of transition. Um, you know, with we know that the blues, the way they've played, um, you know, this is a team, and Doug Armstrong, the GM there, has never been afraid to make the hard call about, listen, if this isn't a Stanley Cup worthy team, then we are going to make the changes and, and we're going to see what else happens with the Blues. I see Ryan O'Reilly is back skating. He's on an expiring uh, contact uh, contract. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, another useful player. So, you know, th- these are teams that I think expect that they will have to give something in terms of the money and the cap hit in order to get the max return. And both, you know, Horvat and, um, uh, Tarasenko come with conditional first round picks or first round picks with various conditions attached to them. But the first round pick is the key for players of that caliber. You know, I don't know if the Penguins are, you know, it's hard to imagine a situation where they're going to be able to command a high, you know, yes. If you're, if your first round pick is on the table, then, then you can, you can have a, you can take a swing at pretty much everyone who's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not willing to go that, you know, that step, then it is going to become increasingly difficult. And again, with the Penguins cap salary structure, then it becomes more of, you know, are you looking at trying to acquire a player who has term and then moving assets out in order to create not just an addition for this potential playoff run, but also for the future. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of teams would love, you know, Jacob Chitron's name, uh, you know, out of Arizona has been in the wind for like two and a half years. He's a guy who's got high skill, has some injury issues, but he's got a good cap hit and he's got term left on his deal. Well, of course, he's going to be a popular guy because it's not just you're not just acquiring someone 
from March 3rd to, you know, whatever, June 3rd, whatever it is. Right. And so that's important. Timo Meyer's another guy. Um, might be the most talented player with all due respect to Tarasenko and Horvat and Patrick Kane and the rest. Timo Meyer has such huge upside. He's 26 years old, but he's also due a $10 million qualifying offer. Right. Um, but that's why I think you're hearing teams like Carolina and New Jersey, you know, who connected to Timo Meyer because he's a player that might be able to fit long-term in those emerging teams you know, to me, it's hard to imagine, you know, could Ron Hextall somehow find a way to bring in Timo Meyer? Probably doesn't. It's not a real fit, right? It doesn't really fit for them. But, you know, uh, uh, Trichron, does that make more sense for a team moving forward, looking to add a defensive piece, move, you know, long term, as well as for this playoff run? I, I'm sure that all of those options are there, but it's a difficult challenge for, for Ron Hextall and other GMs who are in a similar cap situation. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you because in, in Pittsburgh, the feeling that a lot of people have is, oh, this deadline's going to be underwhelming for a lot of the reasons you've mentioned, right? The limited cap space, um, the 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 ability to retain salary on some teams' parts who are willing to sell, and also Hextall standing firm on the position, at least publicly, that he doesn't want to move on from that first-round pick. But let's say all the all the stars align, and Ron Hextall is bluffing, and he's willing to move on a first-round pick. Uh, and he's able to get a team to retain more salary than maybe they would usually be comfortable retaining. Um, can can Penguin fans, is it reasonable for them to expect, hey, we're not just getting a depth forward. Ron Hextall may actually be going out and looking to make another, similar to last year, a Ricard Raquel type deal. Um, it, it, because he's he's been very good, Ron Hextall, we're not used to this. Again, after years of Jim Rutherford, he's been very good at holding his cards close to the vest, right? Um, and so I think there are those fans that hold out hope that there there is still maybe a Timo Meyer deal that could somehow be pulled off, that they could somehow uh, sell the farm for Dylan Larkin if the Red Wings were ever interested in moving on. You know, there are there are fans that hope that he there's still something out there and that they're not going to wake up on March 3rd and go, eh, this is the team that we have. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, never say never. I mean, the great thing about the NHL is that you, you know, the things that you, you know, sometimes least expect to ha have happen, happen. So, you know, and, and there are, I think we're well past the idea of no contract is untradeable now. So, you know, I, I think the potential is always there for all these kinds of things. Um, you know, I, you know, for me, when I look at the Penguins, though, I mean, it, it, does it really matter what Ron Hextall does between now and March 3rd? You know, if, if to me, it still goes back to the issue that has plagued this team for the last two or three years. What's your goaltending going to look right, like? Right. Um, you know, Tristan Jar, if he's healthy, I think gives the Penguins, you know, they're a team that you wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. And and I think, the, you know, when you look at the last two playoff years, they were the better team in the first round the last two years. And the goaltending, whether it was level of play or whether it was you know, multiple injuries at the worst possible time, the goaltending cost this franchise at least one 
playoff round victory in sure. each of the last two years. And so if you aren't, you know, and if you're Ron Hexel on your staff and you're looking, and I know Tristan Jari is expected back sooner than later. And it, and that if that, you know, better now than in, you know, third week of March, first two weeks of April, obviously, but you know, to me, you have to really look with an honest, you know, sort of candor about what your team is really, uh, you know, what are they capable of doing? And let's, you know, let's assume that the Penguins, uh, if they are a playoff team, and that's not a guarantee, if they're a playoff team, they're going to be a wild card team, given the separation of the top three in the Metro. So now you're going to play either Boston or Carolina in the first round. Can you, you know, with a healthy Tristan Jari, can you expect to beat either of those teams in a best of seven? And if you believe that you can, then I think it behooves you to try and make the move that you can to add a top six forward. If you can make all those you know, moving parts work, but if, if you, if you're in your heart of hearts say, you know what, those are two really good teams and I'm not going to, I'm going to keep my powder dry and we're going to see what happens, you know, during free agency and the off season, the draft, and we're going to, you know, we're going to take another run at it next year. You know, it's for the those teams in that gray slushy area. I mean, the Islanders are a perfect example. You know, in my mind, Lou Lamorello, this is, you got to swing for the fences. Team is old. They can't score. They have the best goaltender in the NHL this season, Sorokin. Um, but, you know, in some ways you're wasting him because you don't score enough to be a legitimate playoff team. And even though you add Bo Horvat, which I thought, you know, they paid a lot for it for Bo Horvat. He's already made paid dividends. I don't know if they're a playoff team or not. There's, you know, you've got Florida, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Washington, you've got Buffalo coming. Florida is coming. There's only room for two of those teams. So, you know, the Islanders push their chips in, you know, but that's because they have a healthy, solid goaltender. And, and Ron Hexel's right. in a much different spot when you have to make that hard call, I think. Yeah, I, I, you know what? You distilled it down to its very essence. It's something that, as much as we talk about their their lack of depth scoring, or uh, you know wh- wh- who's going to play on the top line with Crosby, or all the other things we talk about, you're, you're you hit the nail on the head. It always comes back to: Is Tristan Jari going to be a guy that can steal them a series? Because that's what they're going to need, especially as you point out in, with the standings aligned as they are right now in the Eastern Conference against a Carolina or a Boston, and and even if he does how long are you for the playoffs? Even if you're able to somehow get through one of those two teams. And I don't know if they're really set up to get through a Boston, especially one thing I wanted to leave you with and ask you about um, the, the, the noise is very loud out in Denver the last 24 to 48 hours after the collision between Jeff Carter and uh, Kale McCarr. Um, There are people that are adamant that Jeff Carter should be disciplined somehow. I I've yet to hear anything from the league or the department of player safety um, you know, it's, I'm just curious what your perspective is on this from a neutral perspective of, you know, a young guy. Look, we went through this years ago with Sidney Crosby in Pittsburgh. He takes, a, you know, the collision with Steckel at the winter classic, um, that led to his prolonged absence. And it, it, to be honest, it's very, very similar in my mind anyway, to the Jeff Carter, Kale McCarr hit that we had here the other night. Uh, again, from a neutral perspective, what's your view on that? And is it something the league should be looking at? Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Didn't like the hit at all. And I, I thought there was an obvious path for Jeff Carter to, you know, to in that play and to swing away from Makar without having that kind of contact. It doesn't have the pockets away from the play. Uh, there was a way for, you know, if I look at that and I think there's no reason for that contact, 
Um, you know, and again, it's not called on the ice. Again, it's away from the play. It's, it's disappointing that there is not a, an immediate response from the on-ice officials. Um, you know, supplemental discipline, um, you know, especially given the injury. You know, now Makar is not going to play again on this road trip that they're on. Who knows when he comes back? Um, you know, if if you had given Jeff Carter a game, I think most people not you know, who didn't have an ax to grind one way or the other would have felt that was okay. I always look at it this way. And you, and, and it's such a great point, Chris, that, you know, and I was in attendance for the night that Dave Steckel clipped Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually a little bit more overt. Um, but I always say to myself, if this had happened, if this play is reversed and it's Chris Letang who gets clipped by, Call it Jason Zucker or whoever it is, it, or it's not Jason Zucker. If he gets clipped by, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon or, right. you know, whoever it is, Pogliano, what's the response from the organization and from the fan base in Pittsburgh if this is Crystal Tang on the receiving end of something similar? And I think you'd want some response because it was unnecessary and it's to the head. And now you have arguably the best defenseman in the world who's unable to play from a a careless blow to the head. And I'm sure Jeff Carter didn't mean to injure Kale McCarr, but he did not need to make the contact in the way that he did. And, you know, it would be nice to see the NHL, you know, have a response to that. And I think the, I think this game is so much different than even five or six years ago, where we talked often about, you know, hits from behind the blows to the head the you know rule 48 and the blind side i think we see a lot less of that now and i think when you do see it now it does make you perk up and say geez what what are we going to do about that what's the league going to do and i think it's disappointing if the league does nothing i would assume i would have assumed we'd know by now yeah Uh, it's a it was an avoidable hit and it was a bit on the sneaky dirty side and especially that we're talking one of the game's marquee players that's you can't have that it 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 shouldn't happen that way and i think it's unfortunate it's unfortunate for the game certainly for the abs and their fans it's it's you know it's a huge blow there's a team likewise fighting for a playoff berth in the western conference and now without their best defenseman who knows how long that's pretty ugly yeah and having to deal with a bunch of injuries to to some of the top players on that roster throughout the year as well it's definitely interesting when you when we put it in the perspective of flipping things around as you did there scott thanks so much for taking the time today it was great to catch up with you again uh at overtime scott b on twitter is where you find him burnside on hockey uh great newsletter and website that'll keep you up to date on all of the insider rumblings around the league as always scott it's great to catch up with you thanks so much for the time enjoy the weekend Chris, anytime. Hopefully we'll catch up with Scott Burnside again, maybe right around the trade deadline a few weeks from now or just after it to get his assessment of how the Penguins and Ron Hextall handled things. Uh, What does Matt Venzel think of the way Ron Hextall and the Penguins are handling things? And should we expect some names back in the lineup this weekend while they're out west? Matt Venzel covers the Penguins, does an exceedingly good job of doing so for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He joins us next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.